2: Sooner Sports Podcast, where the term triple option will not be used again for a couple of years, which I think is a good thing, right? Based on what we saw yes. Saturday night?
4: Yes. Uh, I think everyone in Sooner Nation would agree that uh, we are uh, definitely glad there would be no more triple option in the future, yeah, this year anyway, unless, you know, I guess something would have to go off rail with this season to see the triple option in a bowl game.
2: Yes, 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 it would. Yeah. It's been interesting because you have a a myriad of thoughts, and I've kind of subscribed to your theory, to where I don't really know how to feel. They won the game, so I feel great. They're 4-0. They're in a great spot. But do you kind of pass it off as that's a challenge that you won't see again, hard to prepare for? Army didn't make any mistakes outside of the interceptions late. I mean, I – I've had a hard time really in my gut Toby processing how we're supposed to feel about what happened on Saturday night outside of joy that the Sooners are now 4 and 0.
4: Now it's a good point. I mean, I think there's there's two different things there. One is the team and and the team is the same whether it's Army or Baylor or, or Texas or whoever. You give yourself a limited amount of time to look back and say what can we learn and then boom, it's on to the next game. I mean, they've by this point they're getting ready for Baylor. There's no looking back, what should we have done better, all that kind of stuff at this point. They they are full bore in preparation for Baylor. The rest of us have a whole week to ruminate and uh, swim around in what we've seen and try to figure <laughs> out. Well, you know, what we're talking about here is we're trying to figure out how good is Oklahoma. So how much stock do you put in the Army game is the question. And... um. I think some is the right answer. I think some. I think defensively, they are a work in progress still. They're not as good as we thought maybe they were after the first two games, but um, they still have, I think, some tremendous promise. And when we get back to playing more traditional offenses, Hopefully um, we'll see that. They had a bit of a rough day against Iowa State. They had a very rough night against Army just getting off the field. But when push came to shove, they made two giant plays to win that game. You know, Army's marching to win it with under three minutes to go and they get a turnover. They if Army scores in overtime, Jeff Munkin says they're going for two in the win. And they get a stop. They get another turnover. So they deserve credit for that. I mean, they do. They deserve credit for that. Despite not being able to get off the field on third downs and the long drives and all that kind of stuff, they made the winning plays. Do they have to play better? Absolutely. But the beautiful thing about a season is it, it isn't defined by one game. It, it is uh, progressive. And you either progressively get better or some teams progressively get worse. And hopefully that's not the case with Oklahoma this year. Usually it's not. Usually under Bob Stoops and certainly last year under Lincoln Riley, almost always his teams got better and better and better and better and better. And by the end of the year, they were playing their best football. So um, hopefully that's the case with this team, and we'll see a better effort against Baylor and an even better effort against Texas. And by the time uh, October, November, and hopefully December roll around, then then they're ready to become a college football playoff team.
2: By my calculations – one of my southern by my calculations. You just yeah, you just Sorry went deep south bad. on my all bad. of a sudden. By my Paul calculations, <laughs> uh, that's the third time we played a service academy in the last 16 to 18 years, and two of those games seemed to follow the same script, where a team was able to milk the clock and do what they want. The only game that it got out of hand was on the road when Quentin Griffin went crazy, which I think, looking back on Saturday night, T-Row, we were on the verge of, on a in a couple of instances where Oklahoma has a pass that just, just misses Marquise Brown when he was open, had a step. Had a pass that I think if, if Kyler Murray could take it back, he would. It might have been his worst throw of the year. Had a situation on a fourth down and goal whenever, you know, Trey Sermon says, I got to run harder. Guys say they got to block better, whatever it might be. You look back on three plays in that game, offensively, that might have been the, the whole difference in this being something where we're sweating and I've got no fingernails left, as opposed to feeling like we did whenever this Sooner team back in, I think it was either 01 or 02, went out to Colorado and put one on Air Force. So much, much different feeling. And it's because you have so few opportunities against an option team to make plays. You really yeah. do because they minimize your possessions so well.
4: I think that, I, I feel like, um, I feel like two things are, are capable, capable of being true at the same time. You can be thrilled that you're 4-0 and and believe you've got to get better. It's okay. <laughs> They're both true. They're both true. There are some very good teams, some teams that are in the national championship hunt when the season started that have a loss right now. And Oklahoma doesn't. And it was tight in Ames, and it was tight Saturday night, but they managed to find a way to win both those games. And that's better than losing. And I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm just saying. You've got to find a way to win those games and then say, all right, we did it. We won. Let's go be better next week. And, uh, you know, there's a Clemson team a couple of years ago. We were talking about this in the booth on Saturday night. I think it was NC State that they went to overtime with at home. They ended up, like, kicking a field goal to win or to block at a field goal in overtime or something like that to win. NC State wasn't any good. And Clemson went on to win the national championship. and. Every year you have national championship teams and college football playoff teams that survive close calls Right, exactly. against unranked teams or just have bad nights on the road or at home or whatever the case may be. And part of the key is not wallowing in self-pity. You know, I mean, part of the key is not just rolling around going, ah, oh Lee, we're terrible. <laughs> part of the key is going, you know what? We won. Brush it off. Now let's go get better and win next week. And, you know, I think sometimes that's – every time. That is easier for players and coaches to do than it is for fans and media because they get up on Sunday morning and Monday morning and Tuesday morning and go practice and go watch film and go actually do something about it. And we just sit around and talk. You know, sit around and think and talk and
2: wallow in it. as you wall- just Yeah, said.
4: we wallow. We wallow in it. I mean, that, I mean that's not. Not <laughs> me. Uh, we have other jobs to right, do. Exactly. I mean, and so uh, we, you know, but um, it it will be interesting to see if Oklahoma can get better, and if they're not too beat up after that game Saturday to come play well against a pretty big and physical Baylor team as well. You know, they got some big wide receivers, and big wide receivers gave us problems up in uh, Ames. So this will be an interesting test as well.
2: I love that take, though. You can be simultaneously excited about being 4-0 and simultaneously concerned. Uh, With that said, I'm a glass half full kind of a guy, so let me focus on two positives from Saturday night that we haven't talked about. Didn't have a lot of opportunities, but I liked seeing, dare I say, the re-emergence of Grant Calcaterra, Using him a couple of times, had a couple of big catches. Using that H-back a little bit more, Carson Meyer with his first touchdown reception. I know it's a little thing, Toby, and based on how things played out, it won't be talked about. But that's one of those little bright spots, I look back from Saturday night, of something that, hey, five weeks from now, maybe we look back and say, oh, well, Calcutta had the tough game against Iowa State with a the fumble. They replaced him. He came back, righted himself against Army, and the rest has been, as they say, gravy.
4: Yeah, I think Grant Calcaterra is going to be a big part of this offense going forward. And the fact that he doesn't have a touchdown yet, I think it's a little bit of a fluke. I mean, yeah. I think he he's going to be a guy who's going to make plays. It might be – it's going to be somewhere between two and five catches a game. He's going to have a touchdown every other game. He's not quite Mark Andrews yet, but he's going to be a, a big part of what they do. I think the um, important thing about Carson Meyer is – not so much that he's had a catch in a couple of straight weeks and he had a touchdown and all that kind of stuff. But now teams have to be alert. Right. now, You know, the impact of that might be felt in ways we don't even realize on down the line, whereas teams in film study and in practice say, now you got to watch out for – they'll throw the ball to 45 now, and that may allow uh, a back out of the backfield or a linebacker may break off to cover him when he should have stayed – uh, in a running play, um, in a set position, or whatever the case may be. So just the threat of Carson Meyer is as valuable as maybe how much offense he's actually going to give you, I think, on a weekly basis.
2: And then the second thing that I'll take as a as a big positive, outside of the fourth and goal play, Trey Sermon really ran the ball well. Did you catch what jersey he was wearing? I don't know if they put any of it up in the press box for you guys to see it. He was wearing a Jarrett McKinnon jersey. Who's the running back that was in Minnesota last year, went to San Francisco this year, tore his ACL, and as he got up to walk out, I'm like McKinnon? He goes, Yeah, we went to high school together, or from the same high school. So I thought that was kind of cool just to see the random jerseys that we've seen so far yeah. from these guys. But Trey Sermon had that look of a feature back on Saturday night at times. He's a feature back. He he's yeah.
4: a he's a star. Um he I mean, he's a star running he's a I number he's a number one guy. At the University of Oklahoma, and he's and starting to get
2: real comfortable too, in in a speaking role, if you will. In in, in I don't know if it's a leadership role or what, but I thought his post in front of the microphone, there you and everything. Go, was one of his best he's had. I think it's going to take
4: a little bit of time. Maybe it is. It is coming together. Um, his relationship with the offensive line on a down in down out basis. Lincoln's comfortability with with what place Trey is comfortable with, uh, calling a game in his rhythm, all that kind of stuff. There's a rhythm there between a quarterback, an offensive line, a head coach, a running back, all that kind of stuff that they had down with Rodney. I mean, they had it they had it to a science. And um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a process. I don't want to overblow it, but it's just kind of – it's getting there. It's been a, like two games. So Saturday night looked great. I thought offensively Oklahoma could do whatever they wanted. It was just a matter of kind of being patient and, I don't know. They got greedy on the one play. You know, the pick was was a little bit greedy. They just went for a bomb, and they didn't need to do that. Um, The drive where they got stopped on the goal line, I mean. It happens. Yeah, I guess. I feel like if. There's been a couple of instances where they've been stopped in short yardage early in the season, and maybe that's an indictment on the offensive line, but I feel like if they got down there again ten times, they'd score nine out of ten times. Um, that last drive when they had a chance to go win the game, they just they, – I mean, they marched right down the field and just kind of decided to set up the field goal. Of course, they scored in two plays in overtime. So they only got the ball seven times Saturday, and it was like – when they got the ball, they're like, all right, we haven't had it in so long. Let's don't screw this up now. And they were in their own heads a little bit, maybe there in the second half, but they're really good on offense. I'm not I, oh, I have fun. zero, zero concerns about Oklahoma offensively. Kyler Murray's a star. Marquise Brown's a star. CeeDee Lamb's a star. The offensive line is is uh is getting there. I don't think it's there yet, but it's getting there. Trey Sermon is on his way to becoming a star. Grant Calcaterra is a really good player. I think when Marcellius Sutton or TJ Pledger, whoever that other guy is going to be, gets up to speed, they're going to be a weapon as well. So they're going to put up points. It's the defensive side of the ball that has to continue to get better and better every week. And if they can, then Oklahoma is a threat, folks. Oklahoma is a threat to go to a college football playoff. Alabama – looks like they belong in the NFL right now. So we kind of need them to come back down to earth. <laughs> but if Oklahoma can week by week continue to get better defensively, their offense is good enough that they're going to be a college football playoff
2: team. I saw something funny last night in the, I think it was the Lions game. Someone had a sign that said the Lions want Bama. Unfortunately, that's, uh, that's kind of how it's going. I don't know, so know if far. they do. I don't know if they do either. Hey, so you're bringing up Bama. <laughs> Gets me to one final thought here that I want to get through before we get to Lincoln Riley's presser, which, in all honesty, was a presser that had very little to do with Baylor, which is concerning. I like Baylor a lot. I think this is a better team than we're giving them credit for, but we'll talk more about them on the tailgate as well too this week. I'm sure we'll hear from our buddy JMO John Morris uh, later on in the week. Um, the Big 12 had a fascinating weekend, didn't they? The Big 12 had a weekend looking back now to where, you know, Texas might have put a few people on alert, and Texas Tech arguably with one of their biggest conference wins since, what, a dude named Crabtree was running routes for him. That was huge this week. What an odd week. It's been such an interesting season.
4: You know, what a turn of events in Stillwater in a three-day span. Yep. They beat Boise and looked really good. And um, and then they get smoked by Tech, and then Jalen McCleskey transfers. Right, it, it just during the press conference, out of the today. blue. So um, Texas Tech got beat pretty good on opening day, and we thought, well, here goes Tech again. And since then, they have, I mean, they're putting up thousands of points, and all of a sudden, their defense looks, uh, you know, what they did to Oklahoma State on Saturday was really impressive. Uh, I, I think West Virginia is is good. This is a fascinating game on Saturday in Lubbock between West Virginia and Texas Tech. I think West Virginia's the better team, but, boy, they are feeling themselves right now out in Lubbock. So that could be a humdinger of a showdown. And then here comes Texas, you know. I mean, we all – we were quick to make jokes after uh, – they lost that opening game to Maryland, and, and Tulsa almost beat them. And, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden, they they plaster USC. They handled TCU pretty easily, and they seem to be gaining some confidence just in time for a Red River showdown. If Texas can go beat K-State in Manhattan this week, and I think they will. K-State doesn't look very good right now.
2: They're struggling, aren't they?
4: And if Oklahoma can beat Baylor, we're going to have a five and and0 Oklahoma and a four and one Texas meeting in Dallas. Which uh, hello, Game Day would be a lot of fun. Would be a lot of fun. I don't know if Game Day will be there because I know Fox is doing a oh, that's like right. a two hour. That's right. Two hour uh, special from the Cotton Bowl. I'm not sure Game Day would go up against that. Maybe you involved they would. in that. I'm not. Well, in a small way, I'm. Uh, voicing some stuff for him but oh, that's cool. uh coach stoops is involved in it i oh, know I oh, yeah awesome. i mean i don't know exactly what he's doing but i saw him this weekend and he said he's gonna be on their set with him a little bit so um yeah it'll be it'll be a fun. well it's always it's OU texas it's gonna be fun but if it looks like maybe it's gonna be a, a bigger game than we thought maybe a month ago
2: how superstitious are you not really why S- okay well because i was thinking about a little this. blackwood and i are on three straight trips, I believe. Maybe it's maybe it's three, two. How many years in a row have we beaten Texas? Two years in a row, right? Back-to-back seasons? Yes. After. So Blackwood and I have ridden together the last two years, and we won. So, I mean, I, I still believe that if I park my car in a Walmart parking lot, we won't lose. There's not one near the Cotton Bowl, by the way, or I would do it. But I'm, I'm starting to wonder, is two in a row, two right. years in a row, enough to say, hey, this is a trend we have to continue because we've won both times we've done it?
4: I think if it makes you feel better, <laughs> then you should conti- continue that trend. I would also point out that, and maybe this is coincidental, right? Oklahoma also had Baker Mayfield the last two years, and that might have had a bigger impact than where you parked your car. Maybe not. True. True. Maybe not. But perhaps, perhaps you should put more stock in that. I don't know. I'm not. I. I I should be more superstitious. I drive the baseball people crazy. <laughs> because you're not. Cuz I'm not enough superstitious. <laughs> and I'll mention when somebody's got a no hitter going or uh or I'm somebody, afraid to do you that. know, whatever. So I probably need to take a lesson from you and be a little bit more
2: superstitious. Well, the funny thing is all my superstitions with the Raiders aren't working anymore, so I'm trying something new every week. You get and Baker this and week. We get Baker this week. So what am I supposed to do? Who are you rooting for this week? Oh, 3. We need a win. Baker's got his whole career to win games. Just kidding. Come on, like, Baker. Make him 0-4. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, thanks, Toby. Have a great week, man. This should be a fun countdown, too. Uh, all right. Too. Thanks, Chris. Gosh, well, already our fifth home game of the year. That's just our fourth home game of the year. That's crazy. All right. It's time for the Lincoln Riley Press Conference.
3: You know, we kind of, as we looked at the season, you know, before this thing began, you know, knew how important the first four games this year were going to be. It was something we talked a lot about as a team, as a staff, um, very – very proud of the way that we handled them. Uh, we've grown a lot. We've still got a lot of growing to do, but uh, at this at this stage in the game, to to be 4-0, to make some of the progress that we've made, see some of these young guys starting to play the way that you know that we feel like they can, see the team starting to come together is very exciting for us. So, um, you know, excited to welcome. Uh, very good Baylor team coming in at three and one. Uh, Matt Rule's done a tremendous job with that program. They're they're getting better and better. Obviously, coming back from all the all the struggles that they've had, uh, you can really see them growing as a program. Um, we obviously had a really tough, exciting game with them down there last year. Um, you know, they're going to bring an explosive offense. I think a much improved defense uh, here to Norman on Saturday. So we're Eager to, to get back into Big 12 play here full time. Um, excited about our kind of last home game here for, for a little while, and uh, we'll be looking forward to playing. So we'll go with questions.
0: On defense, are there other players that you'd like maybe to get a, uh, a chance to get more playing time?
3: Um, you know, we're just going to play the ones that we think are that we think are best. We've been without a few guys here the last few weeks that you know we're looking forward to getting back. You know, particularly on the defensive front, without Tyree Slott and Q Overton. So you know, hoping to get those guys back soon. They provide some much-needed depth that that you know that was kind of a strong point coming in with the D line. Um, yeah, but there's there's several guys. You know, we want to play Deshaun White more. You know, he's he's done some really nice things in games. We've got to continue to find some ways to, to play him more. You know, we want to play a few more guys in the secondary, uh, which as we get into Big 12 play, you know, and the styles that we're going to see, uh, obviously going to be a little bit different than what we saw last Saturday. So I think there will be more opportunities to play those guys and more needs to play them as well. So, um, But, you know, I like some of the continuity that we're building with that first group right now. You know, they're playing, you know, when you watch the tape, you go back and see they're starting to do some things, playing off of each other, trusting each other. That's, you see some signs of that group starting to really come together as well. So the guys are going to have to earn it if they want those opportunities.
0: James, You know, Lincoln, Army was such a unique offense and what they did. You're never going to see that until you play them again in two years. What do you really take from that game defensively? And how what do you really feel like you played on defense in this game?
3: Uh, the beginning i would say was a little like we expected it took us a especially the first series you know the the speed of it you know you can't simulate all the cut blocks i mean all you know the and again just how efficiently they run it i thought after that honestly we 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 settled in you know we weren't really surprised by anything after that we did a great job limiting their throw game uh, Like I said the other night, probably the biggest disappointment was when we got them in long yarded situations. We just we didn't convert as many of those defensively as we needed to. Gave up a, you know, I think two third and longs, one fourth and long, and those were you know, you know, people. It's it's hard to understand that you know one or two of those changes the entire facet or offensively scoring on one more of those possessions when we had a seven point lead. If you can get to two scores ahead they can 't do what they want to do and and the game just stayed close enough. we were kind of one play away the whole day from doing that, and it kept them close and they were able to kind of you know to to do their game plan, which was to you know try to get two or three yards at a time uh, keep the clock moving, which they give them credit they did a great job of um, but then and then obviously at the end, you know the last two drives, the most two critical drives of the game, we stopped them with turnovers, and uh, we got them in Longer situations, and then our pass rush was able to get there and uh, and created opportunities to, to you know for us to turn the ball over. Put Jason on
1: the right. Yeah, I'm thinking,
0: uh, around the country, we've started to see through four games with the redshirt rule. A lot of players are announcing that they're transferring right. in the middle of the season. Right. Um, is that anything you're worried about right now? And secondly, is that a bit it turned out to be a bit of an un- unintended consequence? Yeah. You no, know,
3: it, it definitely is. Um, and it may be something that, you know, as we as we go forward with this rule, it may be something we need to look at, you know, because that's, you know, I don't know if it's good if you, you know, if you play a game for somebody that you should then be able to go play for somebody else or leave that year. I don't know. Maybe there should be a, just a stronger penalty potentially. I don't have the answers right now. It's we're... We're all working through it. There, there has been some unintended consequences of this role, and and you knew there was going to be. It was a little difficult to predict what all it was going to be, but it's it's such a big role. I mean, it's a game changer, and it's honestly been kind of relating to your question. The bigger change in it has not been for the young guys. I mean, the young guys you you kind of have your plan and you work through it. But it's been some of these guys that maybe played as true freshmen, played early in their careers, and now an opportunity to potentially redshirt or transfer or whatever comes up. I think that was something that maybe not everybody anticipated.
0: Um,
4: through four games Uh, you did have two turnovers Saturday but four overall season is that any concern in creating turnovers on defense
3: yeah no we got to do better I mean we we do have a lot of fourth down stops you know especially in the first first couple of games we had a lot of fourth down stops which those those are turnovers to us they're the exact same thing Um, but yeah no no doubt we've got a We've got to get our hands on more on more balls. You know, we're getting some we've had a lot of pressure, you know, we've been able to pressure people, um, and that's where the turnovers have come, so we're gonna to have to continue to do that. And then we've got to knock some balls loose. You know, that's the one thing you'd say is we haven't created a lot of fumbles yet. So they tend to, to come in spurts, you know. We've ended the game the last two weeks with some, but definitely gonna be a point of emphasis for us. Stand right with Bob. Is there
0: an update with Trey Brown?
3: Yeah, he was out, uh, had an injury uh Last week, late in the week, kind of an unexpected deal, uh, but expect to have him here going forward.
1: Yeah, Lincoln, uh, on, on scheming for Army, uh, you guys try to be as multiple as you can on defense, show people a lot of looks and make them guess. They didn't have to guess much, Army didn't, because you guys stayed in that base. Two deep safeties. Was there opportunities, I guess, uh, you know even on short yardage plays, to roll that safety up, roll that second safety up, and put eight in the box?
3: Well, when you do, then you leave yourself very susceptible to the throw game, you know. And they're they're very experienced in what they do, and you see people doing it on tape and really getting hurt with it. And so, you know, we went in, we went in with the game plan of that we didn't want to give up the big play, you know. And we felt like that was the the right thing to do. It, uh, you know, if we we thought if we kept a, kept uh, them from getting the big chunk plays, that you know we would eventually get enough long yardage, and then we knew we'd have to be better there. So it's just the risk and reward that you weigh and and we felt like with again such a young defense and so many young guys and just schematically the challenges they present and the fact you only see them once every two or three years we felt like you know instead of having 15 different things in, let's make sure our guys know their assignments let's make sure we we don't give them freebies and i thought we did a good job of that now are there times where you could come back and say sure we wish we would have taken maybe a chance here or there that's that's fair to say I think you always leave any game as any as any coach saying you know that you could have done what you would have done this better that better but the plan we put forth was to get them as many long yardage situations as we can and uh and not give up chunk plays and we obviously we we did a good job of both Uh, again the biggest thing we we need to do better in the long yardage that was the far and away the biggest negative
1: As a follow-up, is it difficult to be, uh, to take risks? Uh, I think you didn't have very many tackles for loss early on, several late. But uh, you can't stunt, you can't blitz, you can't do things against that offense because it will put you in a bad situation. It
3: just, it it does. It's, you know, you're just, you feel like you're guessing a little bit. You know, and that's great if you guess right. Everybody yells and hoots and hollers. If you guess wrong, it's 60 yards. And so you just, and again, I think it comes down to, you know, the experience of your players and then comes down to a scheme that you don't see that often and then just what's going to be your plan going into it and again i i think the plan was good like i said i if you if we convert one more of those third or fourth downs defensively and long it's a different game same thing offensively we you know they, we had a good game plan to win it we needed to and we did win it but we needed to make one more play on either side of the ball and we could have got the separation and then probably taken control of the game
1: yeah, uh, Pleasure was back there to kick off
4: for Sutton, and obviously he went in there. Is, is Sutton okay? And then I guess the other question is, is Barnes, uh, he got a lot of playing time, you know, the first couple of games, and he got a little nicked up. Is he
1: back and available?
3: Yeah, Barnes is Barnes is good. He's back, fully available. Um, you know, I expect that he's going to have some opportunities here going forward. Um, and then Sutton, Sutton was a little – a little, didn't improve quite through the week like we thought he would uh, physically after the Iowa State game. Could have played the other day, um, but with uh, the low number of snaps offensively, you know, and then Trey, TJ, Kennedy and those guys, we were, we were comfortable with them that we hoped to be able to, you know, maybe buy Sutton some time, which I think we successfully did. Ryan Abram. Lincoln,
1: Kenneth just talked a little bit ago about how much more sore he was after that yep. game on Saturday than normal. One, did you anticipate that before the game that some of the defenders would be like that? And and two, has there been a, a different plan and do you worry about that here moving forward this week?
3: Yeah, no, it's it's uh yeah, you definitely you know it's gonna be a little bit different game just because it's it's like a it's like an inside period all day, you know. What I mean, and so it's uh no we anticipated some soreness. We talked about it after the games of staff, talked about it yesterday. We've got a good plan going forward to so get ready for Baylor, but we also got to make sure our guys' bodies are you know as fresh as they possibly can be. I mean, the one good thing for us is we did not, because of what we saw, we did not play you know 20 different defenders. And so we do have some sore guys, but we don't it's not all of them. you know it's kind of a group of really about 12 or 13 guys that really played a lot of snaps um, you know that are sore that we'll have to get back, but it'll give us a chance to work some of our other guys that we anticipate playing more as we go forward.
1: Uh, Trey Sarman assumed the feature back role the other night. What you think of his performance?
3: I thought he was good. I thought uh, it was good. Assignments were good. Pass protected well. Had some really nice runs. I think he had probably two or three that he wishes he had back. But I think he's he's getting better. You know, it's 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 different when when you're the when you're the one back. Um, you know, for him, even though he played a lot for us last year, he kind of assume that role is kind of our, our closer a little bit. And it's, it's different going into a game where you know, you've know you seen what's happened for two or three quarters. You've got an idea of what's going on. You've had a chance to kind of settle in. And then, and then to now, where you're out there right off the bat and going. So I think he's, even though he's played a lot, I think he's still learning. I think he's still you know getting in sync with our offensive line, with Kyler, with what we're wanting to do offensively. But I think he played well, and I think he's close to playing really well.
4: Uh, Kenneth was in here a little while earlier. He talked about Curtis Loft and breaking down film with him during the week. We saw Orlando working with Jamal Brown last year. How big is that for those current players to work mm-hmm. with former players to get better?
3: Yeah, there's a there's a good bond here. You know, that's, that's one of the things that impressed me the most when I first came here in 2015 was, one, how much our former players came back, um, even when maybe it wasn't convenient for them. And then... Yeah, and then just establishing relationships with our with our current players. Um you know it's important, you know the program is important to the guys that have been here and uh so yeah, so just just for those guys to just simply be around, it means a ton to us as coaches, it means a lot to our current players um whether it's uh, those guys talking something schematic with them or just simply something about their time here or just any little thing they can do to to help, it makes a big difference. I mean, you you think about a young offensive lineman and you know, Jamal Brown passes you a piece of advice, you're gonna listen or a young back and Adrian Peterson passes you a piece of advice, or a young D lineman and Gerald McCoy, you know, shoot you a text and you know, encouraging your this and that. I mean it it, it it's one of the many things that makes this place very special. We're Tyler
2: comments here in the far Right. Defensive line depth is sort of like mentioned been an issue with Overton and Tyree Slot out. Do you expect you'll get Tyree Slot back
0: this season and what can you comment on his status at all?
3: Yeah, uh no, we definitely expect to get him back and uh, you know, I think I think for both those guys it's gonna be here in the near future. So we're uh I think we're talking, you know, more days now instead of weeks, so that's a good sign. So I don't think it's I don't think it's anything long term. Um you know, but just has, has had kind of a lingering issue that I think we're about to get over the hump with. Is it a physical issue? Yes. Yes.
0: Tom You mentioned before the season how many offensive weapons you had. I just wondered how important it is to, to spread the ball around because, you know, even against Army where you only got in 40 plays, it seemed like
4: you did a good job of spreading the ball around.
3: Yeah, and really the one was a center play, centering the ball there ten, the so really 39. I mean, it's crazy. Um, yeah, we did a good job with it. I think Kyler's had a good a good feel for it, you know, about how we want to attack people, you know, and his decision-making for the, you know, for the majority of this, you know, first four games has been really good. So, yeah, I, I think we're, you know, I think we're pretty comfortable with a lot of the weapons that we have. I think some of the new guys, we're still, you know, finding out maybe how we can use them, how they fit in, where they're comfortable, what they can bring uh, to us. But, it's been good. It's it hasn't been just all one guy, you know. Here or there, we've had some guys with individual big games, but you know, a lot of people have touched the ball, and we're going to need them all going forward. Uh left. George
4: Lincoln. You talked just a minute ago about former players. Baker was
0: back this weekend. Yeah. He was actually just named the, the starter of the Browns. What was it like having him back this weekend? And how much did you get to watch him on Thursday?
3: Yeah, it was great. Uh, I, I watched him. Uh, by the time I got home, I saw probably. About the time he went in, it was about the time we turned it on. I think maybe I saw Taylor get hurt, and then, uh, and obviously I started watching a little bit closer once Baker went in. Uh, but yeah, no, it was awesome. He played, he played really well. Um, handled it, you know, really good. Looked like maybe only had one bad decision the whole night. But you know, was decisive. Threw the ball well. So I was happy for him. And then, yeah, he had planned to come back all the way along for this game, knowing they had a Thursday night game. So got to see him a little bit on Friday, got to see him a little bit on Saturday, um, visit with him some. So I know he's, it was good. Our our players enjoyed seeing him a little bit. And uh, I know he enjoyed being back and and it was good to spend some time with him. But yeah, I know he's excited about his opportunity.
1: John in the back. Perfect timing. Follow up on Baker. Um, What's more surprising, that he's executing that offense with that level of of confidence, or that NFL, I don't know. Coaches, players, uh, commentators are surprised at how he's executing that level.
3: Um, that's a good question. I mean, I'm I'm not surprised that he went in and played like he did. Uh, I know that. So, yeah. I mean, I think people have watched him and watched us and and really know football. And you know, some people say, "Well, this is a college offense. This is a pro offense." I think people that really understand football and and you know what he's done, what we've done here the last few years. You know, knew that he was going to have a pretty good chance to be able to translate it. And it, it takes a lot of people. You got to have people playing, you know, well around you. You got to have coaches, you know, you know, doing a great job. It, it takes everybody to be good. So, you know, obviously they're an improved team, and, and uh, it'll be exciting to watch going forward.
4: Boogie came in so many expectations. What's these first four games been, been like for him? Do you see
0: him starting to turn that corner?
3: Yeah, no, he's he's uh he's been eager, you know, he's he's almost been, I think at times maybe so eager to make big plays that, that uh I think he's you know, he's having to learn to let the game come to him a little bit right now. Uh he's he's done a lot of things well. You know, he plays he's fearless, he plays extremely fast, extremely decisive for a young player. You know, and he's I think he's really just kind of starting to settle in. So the, the big plays are coming for him. I mean, he's a big play kind of guy. He's going to do some things through the year that's going to, that'll you know, that'll wow people. Um, and it's just a matter of time there. So the key for him is, is just like we've talked to him about: is don't try to force it. Just, just you know, let the game come to you. And then as you continue to grow, the, the big plays will come. So um, he's he's done some really good things, and I think he's. You kind of feel like he's right on the cusp of, of breaking out and playing really well for us.
4: Yeah, they were just talking about Baker and him, you know coming coming here. Uh, as far as recruiting goes, everybody, Joe McCoy, Adrian Peterson. What does a guy like Baker kind of do for you in recruiting? Because you see them, the recruits on Twitter, just kind of gushing over him being there and, and kind of loving the fact that he was there. What is the expectations and Kind of just the overall, I guess, what does he meant for you all on the
3: recruiting trail? Yeah, kind of like the question Eric asked. I mean, they guys see when they come back that it's, it's part of the culture. It's part of the atmosphere that, you know, every home game you come back to, there's going to be a who's who of guys that you know that have, you know, played here at OU that have gone on to really successful careers. Maybe they're done playing now. Maybe they're not. But uh, it just kind of helps. You know just show why we're a little bit different and uh, you know that those guys would take time to do that I know means a lot to to everybody including our recruits and and with some of the new rules now we're able to you know let those guys interact with our recruits a little bit more which is a you know which has been a positive thing so um, yeah just it's I think more than any one player and Baker you know certainly moves the needle a lot there's no question uh, but it just it really It's a culture that we've all tried to create and have a hand in creating, uh, but it's something that's been around here for a long time, and it's something we get from parents and and from recruits as well. We get more comments about that than you would probably believe. I mean, to to see that many guys come back and do it consistently, it it shows how important the program is to everybody.
0: Last week, you talked about how well the defense line played against Iowa State. How did they play uh, Saturday? Were you concerned late in the game about the defense getting really tired?
3: Yeah, no, I was concerned uh, just with some of our depth, especially in the front seven. You know, I was, there there was some concern there, and really we just had some guys really just gutted out. I mean, some of those guys played a just obscene number of snaps, you know, especially in a game that's that physical. So, uh, I thought we held up pretty good. There's a few times uh, we had to adjust to some of their schemes where they were doubling us. So I thought it took us a little bit to adjust to that, but we we did a better job there. I mean, you know, when your linebackers are you know combined to make 51 tackles, that means somebody kept them off the linebackers the majority of the day. Which, when you're playing an option team, I mean, your your D line's not going to have. Fifteen tackles apiece. I mean, that's just schematically not going to happen. So, for the most part, I thought we did a good job of keeping them off our backers. A couple of times that we gave up too much, too much push. We got pushed back too far, especially on some of the dive plays when they were doubling us down. Uh, that we had to make some adjustments to. But yeah, for being so thin, you know, our they fought. I mean, they fought. It, you know, it wasn't the for the way our defensive lines built. It wasn't the. Most, it wasn't the most perfect matchup in the world for us, and uh, and we knew that, but I thought they they fought and made some huge plays at the end.
0: Lincoln, you guys had, on defense, uh, some
2: struggles defending Hakeem Butler at Iowa State, and you're about to go on a run where you face Denzel Mims and uh, Jalen Hurd and then Johnston at Texas. How can you guys
3: improve on that or in that area, and is it a tough? Without having a big physical receiver, I mean is there a way you can simulate that in practice at all? We got some pretty big physical receivers, you know, C D and A D and those guys are pretty big and pretty physical and they, they give a lot of people fit. So we've got some some good matchups, some good simulation. Um no, no doubt. I mean I think you've gotta you gotta mix up the looks, you know, which will be you know, which will be important for us. I think you've gotta you know, I think it's learning to, again to play Within the defense, a lot of times you you know people see a, a corner giving up a play and they think well the corner just didn't have good coverage you know and there's a lot of times there's a lot more into it than that you know of where your help is defensively you know and uh, you know schematically helping those guys out obviously pass rush is going to be a critical factor in all that which that's you know an area we feel like that we're going to have some advantages here going forward um, so it, it takes everybody uh, no doubt the big receivers like that that can win on their majority of 50 50 balls are always a tough matchup and but we're used to that in this league and we're going to have to defend it well and have to do a better job than we did on on butler like a kenneth man had a couple of plays that
1: really stand out there in the last the end of the game on saturday how do you assess though his overall improvement uh, through four games this season
3: he's definitely more complete player you know that game probably for him more than any game didn't line up for him you know because he's uh he's a little bit more of an edge guy you know as far as his body type but he uh he got in there and fought the entire night and uh yeah he's he's definitely he just feel more comfortable with him right now in there every single down you know whereas in the past it was again kind of like oboes early years it was kind of like pass rusher third down guy situational guy two minute guy and then the others was just not quite there yet but it's there now I mean he he's been as disruptive in the run game as he has been in the throw game so I think it's some of that natural progression and then I think too his just his mentality his leadership his just his his maturity all that has really grown and that's made him a better player he's you know, without a doubt, he's he's one of our biggest warriors. You know, and he uh, that's why he was named the team captain, and and uh, the guys really respect him. And I think he's he's just progressing exactly like we had hoped he would. Uh,
4: you said on Saturday, if it came to it again, you'd put Austin in the same situation. Mm-hmm. Saturday night, he sent out a tweet apologizing, said right. he let the team down, and uh, just your thoughts on him saying something like that via Twitter on social media? Yeah,
3: that's that's I try not to. You know, we hamstring those guys, you know, in some regards with social media. But I, I got to let them be themselves a little bit too, you know. And I, I don't have a problem with it. I, you know, he, he didn't let anybody down. I mean, like I told him that night, he's, he's saved our tail, you know. Just throughout his entire career, again doing both, and all the big kicks he's made, most notably the one he made the week before, you know. So he's going to make a lot more than he's ever going to miss. He's done a lot more good here than he's ever done bad. There's no doubt. So he's, uh, I still have the same confidence that I've always had in him, and and he's going to. We'll be in more situations like this as the year goes on, and he'll be ready to to perform like he has the majority of his career.
1: Lincoln, uh, everybody can find the 6'5, 270 pound defensive ends. Everybody can find the guys that can run 4'3. When you're looking for guys, or when you've got them here maybe and you're trying to develop them, and you're looking for other qualities like grittiness, tenacity, toughness, you know, what they have upstairs, how do you find that? How do you cultivate it? How do you make it work for
3: you? Yeah, finding it's probably the toughest part um, just because we're so limited in recruiting on how many times we can see these guys, how much we can contact them. I, I really think that's where the relationships you build with the high school coaches, um, with the people in those schools, you know, taking the extra time to, to ask the extra questions, to spend your time there to really try to get to know these guys. And then I think trusting that, you know, what the, the talent is a big part of it, but, you know, we, you know, we can get good enough players here that we got to make sure we're getting the right people here, too. Um, not that you don't take a chance every now and then. Of course you do. you got to do it at the right time. And then and then I think the development is the culture that, that you know, that we have here, that we've created here, that you, you feel like, you know, maybe if you got a guy that's on the edge, that you get him in our strength program, you get him around the rest of our players, you get him around our former players, that, that – we can help push them over that hump, and uh, I think we've been able to do that with a lot of kids. So, uh, you know, some of that we're lucky in that what's already been established by the program kind of continues to work for us in that regard. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Tommy McDonald passed away this morning. I don't know if you saw that. What? what do you know about him? Maybe what's your thoughts on him? Yeah, no, obviously about his, his legendary career. I think with Coach Wilkinson, if I'm if I'm if I'm right, but yeah, one of the. You, you go through the, the record books, the history books here, you know, list of all the greats that have done it. I mean, he's right at the top or near the top of all of them. So, you know, this is a close family, you know, like we've talked about today with so many of the former guys coming back. And, and we've always, you know, really wanted to include everybody that was a part of building this program. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have all this that we have without those guys. So, uh, yeah, thoughts and prayers with, with him, with his family, and he'll, he'll, be, uh, he'll be very missed.
0: Lincoln, last year you guys were in a, a, you know, very a tough battle with Baylor down there. They're improved this year, and some of the same people are back. What do you see out of that club, especially offensively?
3: Yeah, they're playing well. You know, looks like they they played, you know, the two quarterbacks some early. Looks like maybe they've settled in on the Brewer kid a little bit. Um, but you know, both those guys are playing well. You know, they they have one of the best receiving cores in the country. I think the offensive line's improved. Um, you know, they're. They're they're kind of making the jump, you know. At least what you see on film here through a few games, they're they're making the jump that you would expect them to make, you know. Year two now of a program, and then also with a, you know, a really good coaching staff over there. So they're getting better. Their talent's starting to build back up. They played a lot of young players last year that, that you turn on the film this year and they're they're, you know, they're heading the right direction. So they're going to be a tough out for anybody. We've got time for one more,
4: Brandon. Jalen Hurd. Uh, Obviously, oh, so he was at Tennessee whenever y'all played him back in 2015. Uh, his switch of position at Baylor, how has he looked on film to you all? And uh, just what do you think of him as a player?
3: Yeah, he's a talented kid. You know, he, he's one of those guys even, well, I guess, three years ago that was at Tennessee, you know, that, that caught your eye. So, you know, physically, I mean, he looks looks great. You know, I'm sure there's some a little bit of a learning curve making the move that he has. But, I mean, he shows up on tape, you know, those – those physical skills haven't gone anywhere, and uh, he's with a good group there that'll, you know, help him grow. He's in a good system there, so um, now he's got. You got to count for him. He's, he's talented. He's had experience. He's played against really good competition. He's played in big games, and you know they'll try to find ways to get him the ball. So he'll be, uh, he'll be somebody we need to be aware of for sure. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the
2: latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash
0: podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. <laughs>